Welcome to the Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast, a podcast where we talk about the bad guys and gals from film or TV, and we discuss why we find them so sexy. We're your hosts, Eric Blake, Markella Dykfus, Natasha Baptiste. How's your weekend going so far, Natasha? Pretty good. It was hectic this morning because I didn't know there was a marathon, so I was trying to run errands and couldn't. <laughs> but you work today also right yeah i didn't work till noon so it's like cool i can go oh, do cool. some stuff and no i could not <laughs> um we have a rambunctious little dog with us what kind of dog do you have he's a chihuahua yorkie mix there is the cutest uh one and a half year old dog earning around us right now and earlier it was like hopping like a kangaroo like it would hop like three hops and then kind of like fall down but then like hop again yeah that was fantastic this thing he has hops <laughs> um you might hear him growling from time to time in this podcast but he's not attacking us no it's with love okay i'm pretty sure we can pick that up on the microphone <laughs> All right. Um, He's kind of a bully. Did you do, <laughs> did you do anything interesting lately? Uh, I've just been running around, really. <laughs> oh, I went to my best friend's daughter's graduation party last night, which was really fun. Oh yeah, everybody's graduating. Yeah, she just graduated from high school, uh-huh. so it was like, how was the party? Deal. It was really cool. It was some random spot in Everett, which was really cute. Surprisingly, because really? I don't remember Everett ever being cute, but it's getting cuter now. Everett has very cute old neighborhoods, and I always thought it was a shame because I feel like it's so like there's a lot of crime there. Yeah. But they're, like, her house was super cute. And I bet. They have beautiful houses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. If it wasn't such a pain in the ass to get in and out of here, this might actually be doable. What did you guys do? Me this weekend? I just kind of hung out. Um, yesterday, I went and saw my friend's band. And he moved here from Minnesota about a year after I did. Does he have an accent? No, 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 not really. Kind of. When he's drunk, it comes out. That long vowel Midwest thing. But, um... For the most part, no accent, but uh, we played in bands out there, and it was more his goal to do music when he got out here, and now he's in a few bands, but um, the one I saw was the first one he joined out here, and yeah, they're treating him pretty well. Seemed like a good time. Does he make enough, like, does he have a job job? He has a job, yeah. Okay. He doesn't do music uh, on its own as a living, but uh, he did get his job through the person who got him into this band. And now he does a lot of, like, video editing and music editing for them. That's so, awesome. Yeah, he's doing more yeah. of what he wants, for sure. Yeah, so it's good to go see that. That's it? Oh, you guys have such short... Okay, well... Well, I was at Beer Fest for the show, and there's just a lot of beer samples, and Nosh was there, which is, like, the number one fish and chips in <laughs> Washington, and it's, like, it's a food truck, and all their yeah. stuff looked really good, but had to try that fish and chips, and it was, it was damn good. Nice. There was just a beer fest like three weeks ago in Ballard. There's several. There's a lot of there's a lot of breweries to represent. Why are there separate beer fests? Is it just like what makes a beer fest a beer fest? I think like they're probably all planned by different people, but there's just a so it's just a beer fest. Yeah, there's a whole Seattle beer fest. There's a whole racket to it because you get like you get all these little four ounce cups made with the name of the event on them. And what people do is, when you buy a ticket, you get a certain amount of tokens. Each token is a filling of that four ounce cup. <laughs> and That's cool. Yeah, so it's kind of, depending on the price, it's an okay deal. Some of them are 
kind of I've gone to ones that were way overpriced and just didn't end up participating because yeah. it was seemed just silly. But um, this one was good, well priced, and uh, it was at Marymore Park, which is oh, just a really nice space. That sounds fun. So it was all just like people brought their product in. Mm-hmm. Yep, just a bunch of kegs That's and tables. That's very and, interesting. Uh, it's good. Try stuff from all over the Pacific Northwest. Um, well. I haven't been doing much. I I did have a birthday. I'm 31, Happy and we birthday. thank you. Happy birthday. And we rented movies I couldn't find anywhere online to rent. Like they were only maybe to buy, but maybe not even. And so we went to the largest video store in the world. I triple checked. Seattle What's has. It called? It's called Scarecrow Video. Oh, I thought it might be Scarecrow. <laughs> and apparently, it is the largest video store on our on our earth. So I went and I got a bunch of videos, but um, since we're all talking about what we did this weekend, um, I could talk to you about uh, what I did today uh, at work, which is um, deal with guests of restaurants. And I, I think I just want to take this time to talk about restaurant discourse for a second, because even yeah. my husband explained to me that he was under the assumption that when you tip your server, that you're only tipping the server and that's not true. The tip that you're five to $10 tip or like however much that you give your server that's split between the host, the buster, the dishwashers, the cooks, everyone. <laughs> and like when you, when you walk into a restaurant and <laughs> when you walk into a restaurant and there's a lot of empty tables, but we say that there's about a 45 minute wait for a table of three or four. Um, don't walk away Ooh. saying, there's a sh- sure are a lot of empty tables because those tables at two o'clock are about to be sat at like 2.10, 2.20. So unless you want to eat in 10 minutes and then be out the door. You're not going to jump a reservation. Yet. Like it hurts our feelings. And it's like, it's just so mean. I've dealt with so many mean guests lately. And today is a holiday. Of- no, sure don't was- say because now they know how long it takes me to edit podcasts. <laughs> Let them know. Oh my gosh. You can just bleep that out, I suppose. Today's I, I have to take out unnecessary commentary. All of our likes, because we have too many likes, I have to reposition our audio and bring up the highs to lows and the lows to highs. You don't know. It takes a couple weeks, which is so crazy because some podcasts, they throw it up in like, hours that some of yeah. them have production they too. must have just yeah. like beautiful like speaking like hosts anyway i got i guess that's it i'm just i'm not frustrated with my job i just really want everyone to just come into restaurants and just like understand and, like decent human beings i just don't like if they had the information i just feel like they don't they don't know how restaurants work and like maybe there's three cooks in the back and okay maybe our restaurant seats Maybe we have 50 tables, but there is only three cooks, so we can't, like, I don't know. I'm going to stop. I get it. You Treat too. service people like people. Yeah, yeah. that'd be or awesome. Just basic common great. sense. If you're coming into a restaurant and they can't seat you, then they probably reserved the seats already and move it along. And we call servers. <laughs> along. We call servers servers. Like, no one calls them waiters or, or waitresses anymore. Ugh, that's so weird. It's hosts. All female hosts are hosts. There's no hostesses. Uh, you can call a busser a busser, though. I usually say server's assistant, but whatever. Server's assistant. That's good. Yeah. And it's not nice. customers. They're guests. They're our guests. 
Anyway. <laughs> if you've seen Beauty and the Beast, you know exactly what she means. <laughs> We're candles. Guests. So my, my theory in suggesting bad influence was that since it's on Hulu right now and apparently YouTube as well, for free. It was for free on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I chose to cover this because I feel like a lot of people either love that movie, haven't seen it since 1990, and don't know it's online, or they've never heard of it, like me. I never heard of it. Like you guys. All right. So I am so excited to ask, how did you enjoy Bad Influence? Just in general. I thought it was awesome. I just thought it was drawn out, but it was really <laughs> Very drawn awesome. out. It was like, there was way more parts to it than there needed to be, but it was also pretty good. Yeah. It reminded me of stuff that came later, like um, The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. That's interesting. Because it's yeah. a movie about someone who's like being very disruptive to someone else's life, but in Bad Influence, I never knew why. I never okay. really got it. <laughs> I thought that if I watched it again, you know, for the second time, if I did my research, I would understand more about what drives these characters. And... I was going to, I <laughs> was hoping that you guys could help me answer that, and I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, well, I thought it was, I mean, simple. He didn't want to get married. He was being weird, and then that now guy that's came along. Now, his deal. Rob, oh, yeah, I have no idea. What, yeah, exactly. what was that? Why does the bad guy, like, he's just, Why he's he just do? a bad influence. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was waiting for this movie no to title story. drop. The whole movie. Like, he's I was waiting for someone to be like, he's a bad influence. <laughs> then they never say it. They never did that entire one. And I would figure the brother would be the first one to be like... Pismo? Yes. Okay. A bad influence. So, um, it's funny that you mentioned the cable guy. Um, I saw a lot of people saying that um, this is a movie very, very reminiscent of Strangers on the Train, which is an uh-huh. Alfred Hitchcock movie. And then also Fight Club. Oh, yeah. I know, I made that face too. I disagree with the Fight Club comparison, but a lot of people compare it to Fight Club. So it's interesting that Cable Guy fits into that too, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean... In a different as, way, but it's yeah. still like a guy comes into another guy's life and like really messes it up. And the yeah. main character is somewhat materially obsessed in the beginning, which is actually like Fight Club, as far as like getting the video camera for no reason other than it's a modern amenity. That reminded me of Fight Club in a way. And the main character kind of becomes more of a bad guy, but not really in this movie. Yeah, it's like a guy comes in and, and turns the other guy into something else. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the main character just stays exactly the same as they were at the end. In, in Bad Influence. Whereas in... No, he doesn't stay no, the same. He kind of gets a little bit more ballsy. A little bit. When yeah. you meet him, he would have never done the stuff he did at the end. Mm-mm. So, what does Rob Lowe... Um, not Rob Lowe, but what does Alex... Slash Tony slash I can't remember his other names. What does he look like? He looks like Rob Lowe. It's he the looks, he looks like yeah. Uh, I envision you um, saying that. Both times Rob Lowe has been a villain. The other time was Wayne's World. Um, <laughs> he was just Rob Lowe, you know, clean cut, uh, very like eighties nineties Wall Street good looks, like very clean cut. And I think what's interesting to me about his looks in this is that Rob Lowe is just one of the most cheerful upbeat guys so if you were going to cast him as like american psycho i don't think it would sell but this character works because i don't think he's a psycho i think he's just 
I think he's just borderline, or I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't yeah. know all of his. They say <laughs> what he has like, literally no backstory to any anything. So when we're talking about early Rob Lowe, like when I automatically picture Rob Lowe, I think of him more of having like a, not a mullet, but something like that. And this is more straight 1990 Kendall type with that yeah. very short haircut. Like his haircut matches his shoulder padded suit jackets. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Something in like those 90s paintings. He looked like a what yeah. you would find attractive in the 90s for like a young dude. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but when I when I um, was growing up, I hated Rob Lowe and, I, and he was like a hunky guy. And when I rewatched the film for this purpose, it was just like, he's not my type, but I can understand why... Oh my god, dog. We're playing with balls now with the dog. That's he's, what's happening. He's such mischief. <laughs> he's very cute. He doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know what he wants. <laughs> Just like Rob Lowe. Oh my god. All right. So what so, did you think of Rob Lowe? Yeah. What was your reaction? Wait, one more thing. He has those black and white pointed shoes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Those like doo-wop shoes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all of his Gross. outfits are like all black or all white. His all white suit looked really cool too, I thought. It's funny about the white suit, like, the shoulders were massive. Big shoulders, and then I think at one point he just has his shirt all open. Or, like, I think he's wearing maybe a jacket without a shirt under it. This movie's like an 80s movie from the 90s. It yeah. was on that cusp, because, it, yeah, it was yeah. 1990, but you could compare it to, like, Less Than Zero. Mm. And yeah. that only came out, like, what? Yeah, around that time, but before. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Did you guys see uh, Nothing to Lose with Tim Robbins and, uh, oh my God, Michael Lawrence? No. It reminded me a little bit of that movie as well. Oh, then I'm watching it. I'm that in has, love with Tim Robbins right now. That has much better like, backstory. Like, the reason Tim Robbins is like, I'm Breaking Bad is amazing. Michael Lawrence is funny as hell. I think it might be the best Michael Lawrence movie I've ever seen. Also funny that you mentioned Tim Robbins because wouldn't Pismo... Uh, this and now this is James Spader's brother in the film Pismo. Wouldn't they he? did find somebody who kind of looked like James Spader? Yeah, that was I great. know. However, wouldn't it have been cooler if Tim Robbins had played Pismo? Wouldn't it be cooler if Tim Robbins was in a lot more movies. <laughs> I just, I just think it's a great idea if Tim Robbins was James Spader's brother in a uh, movie. We should do him as a villain next, but I don't know if Tim Robbins ever been a villain. We'll find it. Yeah, we'll find you, Tim. <laughs> But speaking of James Spader, since we're also talking about looks and Rob Lowe... Well, wait, Natasha, you tell tell us what you thought about Rob Lowe's looks before oh. I go into this. I actually think he's a lot hotter now. Rob Lowe? Yeah. But, oh, like, his older, like, his current... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree That's He is, like, so much hotter now Like, Parks and Recreation Rob Lowe is yeah. much hotter. What I was going to say was, James Spader and Rob Lowe have aged completely... Completely different. Completely different. Like, it's like Rob a big Lowe circle. It's like... He, I think Rob Lowe is a lot better looking now. He's got a much... He's more refined and just, like... He's less clean cut, you know? He's got, like, some laugh lines and wrinkles. I think he's just a much more charming guy. Mm-hmm. And James Spader, like, in that season of The Office... I was just about to say. Terrifying. Yeah. Okay, Dude, however... Very imposing. Yeah. I was going to say he's so much worse than when he was on, his, when he was on The Office. <laughs> and... Um, but even when he was on The Office, it was like, that's like... 
really gross sex that you would still have with like a nasty guy, but you would still do it. But like now it's even worse. Well, I mean, I think it's his voice. He doesn't have the type of voice that can be chipper and cheery. You know, James Spader always, always sounds like he just had sex. Like he sounds like he walked out of a room and started talking to you because he just had sex. And that's how he will always sound no matter what. Have you guys seen Blacklist at all? No, but yeah. I want to. Okay, so James Spader is a kind of a greasy... And, and Boston Legal. I haven't seen Boston Legal either. <laughs> oh my god. But I did see a bunch of Blacklist, and he's... They use more of the fact that he's intimidating, and he also ha- is, like, refined in his, his old age. Like, he's less round, but... Yeah, I think they use him well, and it really is that voice, though. Like, it's yeah. just so dark and yeah. deep now, and There's he's kind of... He was wimpier in the 90s. Well, even when I remember when he was in like Pretty in Pink yes. or whatever, that's how I usually tell people because I was like, I, can't, I don't remember names, but the guy in Pretty in Pink, um, the way he would talk to people, like I can remember his voice then. And he just has something very distinctive, like he's always crafting something. I feel like in Pretty in Pink, didn't it kind of sound like his nose was pitched a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. So I remember when I mentioned... I was like, oh, bad influence. It has James Spader. And you guys were like, oh, yeah, James Spader, like a vil- the villain. And I was like, no, because he usually plays villains. Mm-hmm. And then I also saw so many people online being like, I don't understand. Or like, James Spader does such a good job in this role. Like, he plays the wimpy, uh, like, wet drip, like, yeah. so well. But, like, they should have still switched roles. Like, Rob Lowe should have been James yeah. Spader's character and I vice versa. Like that would have been movie. creepier. I wonder if they auditioned for each other's roles. He so Rob Lowe was playing James Spader's character uh, Michael, and man, I really I looked so hard online to try and figure out more of the writer and director's motivations for this film because I think let me make sure I think he had lunch with the writer and the writer convinced him to play Alex. I wonder if it was like they thought it would be clever because Rob Lowe had this sort of good guy yeah. image like oh it's gonna be so what a turn yeah. of the tables yeah Pablo's bad. okay yeah. so david yeah. and i i'm so sorry i can't pronounce his last name but is it like a co cope kep k-o-e-p-p and so it was david kep's decision um he's the he, he did the screenplay for this movie but it was his decision to get um, Rob Lowe to play Alex instead of Michael, which is James Spader's role. Now, that being said, David also did the screen <laughs> You got this. It's a big word, but... Yeah. No, no, no. I'm laughing because of what I'm about to say. Uh, David also did the screenplay for um, our new Mummy film. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Um, who's the actor? Tom, I, Cruise, Tom Cruise's Mummy. I remember seeing like an ad for that back in the day, like on another VCR I ran. I was like, what is this? I never saw it. Any good? Wait, no, no The Mummy. Come out. Oh, yeah. he the, did the new one. In oh, the oh. theaters right I now. I thought yeah. you said that there was a movie called Our New Mummy. And I was like, oh my God. And mom comes and back then... as a mummy. It's like, ho, ho. She has quirky habits now, like rolling herself up in toilet paper every morning. I was. I With Tom Cruise when he was 16. What is this? A better description would have been 2017's The He's Mummy. The, he, yeah, okay. So he did the new mummy. He wow. did the new mummy. Um, he also did Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Oh. He also did Zathura. And and he directed Mordecai. 
So this is the man who we are trusting to give the role of Alex to Rob Lowe. However, he did do the screenplay for Jurassic Park, but <laughs> you can't lose them all. I'm um, conflicted about this man's career. Me too. So now, a little bit. it doesn't seem like many people... Well, actually it does, because here's the thing. I want to say, quote-unquote, everybody online says that, you know, why couldn't James Spader play Alex and, and Rob Lowe play Michael? And then I also... I feel comfortable saying that everybody, quote unquote, online also was saying that that this was Rob Lowe's best role. So Rob Lowe in a movie, ever? In a, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just his best role, like before he of, really got big, maybe. No, they I just still said feel that. like his villain in Wayne's World was more believable because he was just a money grubbing rec exec, and I think he played it like, you know, he was cheerful and he was more like. It was more obvious that he was willing to use people, whereas in this movie, I still wasn't like, is he trying to protect himself by he keeps on fucking with this guy? Or will we just never know? Well, also... Spoilers? We'll, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers, we'll never know. Um, yeah, I mean, if this is Rob Lowe's best role in a movie that apparently not a lot of people have heard of nowadays, and Rob Lowe is such a... I mean, we all know who Rob, Rob Lowe, Lowe is. is. Yeah. Well, let me ask this. Guess, wait, guess who they wanted to play uh, Alex originally. Alan Rickman. Wasn't Tom Hanks or... Nicolas Cage. No. And Kevin Costner. Oh, oh gosh. Gross. Kevin Costner Kevin Costner. dumb. Did you see that Kevin Costner movie where he's got, like, a fractured personality and he's a killer? It was amazing. I think I saw Waterworld. I th- oh, d- <laughs> no, see, everything leading up to and after Waterworld was not great, but this movie <laughs> is when he's older, and it's called... This actually would be a really good villain for us to do. Um, okay. It's called, like, Mr. Norris or something. It's just his, a guy's name, and it's super dark, extremely well acted, and I saw Waterworld, and, <laughs> uh, like... <laughs> I liked Dances with Wolves. Like, I thought Kevin Costner was a super good actor. And then I, like, watched all this stuff, and I was like, sometimes he got himself into projects that Robin Hood were not so Waterworld great. <laughs> and I, I think with his later stuff, he's reconciled the fact that now he can be creepy and a good actor. I guess I haven't seen very many Kevin Costner But movies, when he so. was young, at the time of Bad Influence... I mean, he was a handsome dude. I think he would have actually played this pretty well. Like, I would have believed him a little more than Rob Lowe because Rob Lowe, like, even during creepy scenes, like, it's creepy that he's still upbeat, whereas Kevin Costner can go, like, dark even when he was younger. But he can't do a British accent. The accents that Rob Lowe did in this movie were pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Didn't you... The French accent? That's why you wanted us to do this, right? Bonjour, Michel. (laughs) That's not... Wait, why would that be why? I think that's what you were telling us. Like, you saw him do that in a clip, and you were like, what is that from? And that's how you found out about this movie? No. No? (laughs) No! Because I got to that point, and I was like... So I got to that point in the movie, and I was like, somebody's told me about this Rob Lowe project. Oh my god, did someone else talk to you about that has, influence? I think someone has linked me to That's just amazing. that clip. And it's just like a very like psychedelically, completely out of context, just him going, oh, bonjour, Michelle, <laughs> terribly, is like, what the... I love that. I would love to find that YouTube clip. because. <laughs> and I didn't even... There was the lady who I was like, oh, she must be in cahoots with Rob Lowe. 
but she wasn't. She was just some random person that he also drags into it. And I thought the, she was in on it. Yeah, I thought Claire. she was in on it, and then she yeah. wasn't, and her name was very forgettable. See, I was yeah. not trying to like figure it out like a, like a mystery or anything. I was just like, where is this movie going? Because I didn't read the plot or anything. I was just like, James Spader, and then that was it. And so were you trying to... Did you know, like, the plot or anything? Were you trying to, like, figure it out? No, I didn't read anything about the plot, so I really was trying to figure it out on its merits as the storytelling was presented to me. Yeah. I guess the only other descriptor that I can think of that's weird about his character is Rob Lowe has such a soft voice, um, like, customer service voice, like, when you're on the phone. Do you know what I mean? It's very fake, and it sounds to me like, especially towards the middle of the of the film when he's being really like nice and neutral with people to me it seems like his character is like he wants to just like lash out and like knife someone or like grind his teeth like he's really angry yeah but he's talking like this and he has this smile on his face and he's being so courteous and um humble uh, or not humble but like very charming and like yeah um but when he talks like that because Rob Lowe doesn't talk like that, does he? No, so that, I've never met him. <laughs> well, I'm thinking that was a character choice because I can't think of any other movies where he talks like that, like St. Elmo's Fire and stuff. It's like... Or Wayne's World, like you were saying. They probably just did a bunch of takes where it was just like, Rob, two upbeat. You're a villain. Take it down a notch. And then he, he got frustrated. Uh, well, and then we're know, reading but, too much into it. I got frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was kind of... But he was so like, hey. And he's no. on the stairs at the end when he killed that girl, and the guy was watching the tape. He's like, oh, hey, how's it going? So oh, yeah, it's getting everything to him. Well, that's like, when he started. That would be so weird. That was, that was my like question was I'll start with you, Natasha, because you just started talking about a scene that I liked. When was he a successful villain as far as you watching the movie? When did Roblo oh. really sell the villain? Oh, that's that, that hurts. Part. And then afterwards too, because he was just like, "I want to fuck with this guy now," because it was like that part. He gets that weird phone call. He goes home. He watches the tape. He knows that he killed her. He has to break down the door to find her. And I feel like at that point, that's when he became a, because all the other shit before, like it was fucked up, but it wasn't that crazy. Like he got you drunk and you went on a robbing spree. Like that was weird. And but, beat like, up a guy. Yeah, but that's when things got like weird it's like okay so you just killed this woman who was really close to you like was your friend like trusted you oh but see i don't know about that woman see it seems like she wasn't really in on it no i don't think she knew anything about what rob Lowe was really about like alex was really but she trusted him so you're saying that rob Lowe got weird that night when he just all of a sudden decided to hold people up and like no places not that night the night where he saw the videotape and then he found the dead it's not weird that he was robbing people i feel like that was weird (laughs) that was also weird but it got really really like i feel like that was just him doing what he said he listens to i always listen to that voice yeah i thought that was one of his better lines but i still wasn't like oh you're a psycho i was like yeah i was like oh you're annoying like when he when he came into that engagement party showed the sex tape, and then they both ran out. I was like, you're an asshole, but you're not a psycho. And it wasn't until he killed that girl, and he was like, okay, like, beat him up, took the tape, and he was like, okay, I want to go now, bye. I will say that I (laughs) I thought... It's so weird. 
I thought the videotape scene was also where I was like, oh yeah, this is crazy. Because he was just laughing in the camera. Like, like I, yeah, it was where really like, he was laughing ah. about it. <laughs> Parts of this movie were predictable, but this part threw me because I was like, he's kind of got this female accomplice, but she's not really an accomplice. You find out in that scene, like, yeah. oh, they must not have a background. When before I was like, they must have a background. Well, yeah, isn't that the same girl he was talking to on a bridge outside the apartment? I thought he was going to invite... He was talking to an older Asian mm-hmm. woman on the bridge. I thought he was oh. going to bring okay. Mike's wife home and kill her. Because I was That's like, that would have been dramatic as hell. Yeah. Instead, I was a little confused, but I thought the entire, the execution of the scene was good. Like It was creepy. Yeah, it yeah. was creepy. and like Especially he, when you find out that she's in the room. Yeah. And it's interesting because you're watching Spader in the same hallway as the camera footage that you're watching like that was actually a cool well-crafted scene i almost wonder if it was the first thing they wrote and they like, built they a story built off of that movie around this cool scene which would make sense since you have no idea of what rob Lowe's character was like and you probably could have filled a lot of that time with like why is alex alex <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of spy movies where you know a guy gets coerced into helping with something and someone gets killed and they hate like innocent person has to roll up a body in a carpet like this is a scene that i've seen in other movies what was different about this was that usually the people who set up the main character who's a good guy have chosen someone that they're going to get instantly questioned about but i feel like claire the main character like had her number but otherwise like there wasn't a lot to connect them it was sort of slapdash whereas if he had brought in that character's ex-fiance I said wife earlier. They weren't married yet. No. But if he had brought in the ex-fiance, I think that would have worked on a lot more levels. I think it just, they picked her because it shows that he doesn't have that much of a connection emotionally with his fiance. I mean, look at what happens when they're really, the night their relationship ends. Um, (laughs) And then, but with the girl, it's like, we as the audience know, we know Claire way more so that when, when Claire is murdered, then you know that Michael was like interested in her and wanting to see her more and like we know her more. So that's why that was the decision. If they had killed the wife, I I don't think I don't think would... we would have been as emotionally Oh no. upset. True. I don't think any I think it would have don't know enough about her. Besides, th- she yeah. was ugly. The wife was <laughs> She was a robot. She was... she was like a complete until Oh honey. Like, oh, oh, I'm gonna get married no, no, in a no. year oh, and honey, have a baby in a two years. Did I yeah. scare you? I'm so, sorry, I scared you. That's what she says. And he's like in his seat, like a little baby. Yeah, he's like this big. I made a little motion with my hands. She, she reminds like, me of Lisa's mom in the room. She is so square with her lines. <laughs> her line, wow. yes, everything about her lines, and then how she talked about her job, like how they tried to give her background by her just talking about her job. Like he's engaged to her. He knows what she does. my job at the blah 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 yeah i think it's a james spader rob lowe vehicle like give these two a movie they're actors but watching it now you're looking back on when maybe they weren't great actors (laughs) (laughs) the movie isn't like terribly acted but i love james spader in this movie it's great to see him play a character like that I suppose it's different watching this now because James Spader is, you know, like flirting with girls and stuff while he has a fiance. 
And in yeah, that sucks. 80s, 90s values, it's like, oh, yeah, that's what you do. You're a guy about well, town. <laughs> <laughs> that first night when he meets Alex and they are talking to their, they're trying to get the attention of the two girls across the bar. Uh, like it, infidelity and stuff like really bothers me usually. But that scene, I feel like because when you see James Spader, you don't hear them like talking because you hear the music of the club. And James Spader looks so, like, goofy, and I just feel like in that moment, he's, like, really giddy. He's out with some guy he just met, and they're, like, at a club that he probably wouldn't go to. And he's, like, laughing so much, and he has so much, like, genuine joy that I feel like he had no intention of, like... I think he just thought that, like, everything was just a joke in that moment, and Rob Lowe's like, hey, go get those two girls. And he's like, ha-ha, like, totally not expecting to, like, actually do anything yeah it yeah. wasn't like he was gonna cheat on his fiance yeah, i think that is the night they meet yeah yeah because yeah. he was being just so giggly and like i i'm not upset <laughs> you see that again after the terrible party at his fiance's parents place where they leave yeah. they oh. go to another party and rob lowe's like oh you're tired and he like smashes a drink and he's like no no, of course not and they go rob a place and all that stuff like well i was i was gonna say like i mean after that encounter that where they're trying to get the two girls at the bar then he sleeps with a girl that's separate i'm saying in that moment yeah (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't know about that he kind of gets raped yeah yeah um oh yeah you know they really don't they really don't say either way because I feel like when he wakes up, he knows what happened. I don't think he's waking up like, I didn't have sex. Like, that's me having well, sex? He, he walks out into the room and sees the video. video. Oh, I think he's upset that Rablo's watching it I and thought, that it was filmed. I thought he yeah. didn't know. Like, I thought he okay. was passed out You know out what? The there was time. small no. little things to a psychopath. To, like, the engagement party, the sex tape. Where, like, I don't know, if I met a new person and I let them sleep at my place and I woke up to, well, like, yeah, Rob was a crazy. sex tape of me, like, that would be the end of our friendship. So that's what <laughs> James Spader was reacting to, was, you fucking videotaped me and you're watching it and you're eating my food? <laughs> you're eating ice cream cereal. in my living room? Yeah. Was it ice cream? I it was cereal. like, it's ice cream. Oh, ice cream sounds really good. In the morning. <laughs> that's the a psychopath. Sun, ice cream in the morning. Up, freaking psychopath oh, um yeah, but yeah you know nice. it really doesn't <laughs> specify whether or not he remembers that or not so it's it could very well possibly be like he was technically raped because he was so drunk that he doesn't remember doing it or whatever so i didn't get that the, from the movie but that's something that you could put into the movie for it's sure it's so weird because he's completely passed out when rob Lowe's like oh you should go fuck Maiko. And then it cuts to <laughs> it cuts to him asleep the next morning. Like, yeah, he's asleep, and then still, he's asleep. Still asleep? No, this is a different asleep. Well, after like Eric, you saw the video. Exercise, but Eric, you saw the video. <laughs> I saw the video. He looked awake to me. He, he did. I was super confused by but that. But when you're blackout like... drunk, though, can you? I've never. It's never been described to me when you're blackout drunk how much you can physically do but you know what if you can drive while you're blackout drunk and you can dance at a party while you're blackout drunk i'm sure you can do what he was doing on the tape so i've all i've heard is people doing completely full functioning things but i'm remembering a single okay thing. so yeah. michael being raped is up in the air mm-hmm. and since it was 1990 and there was plenty of movies back then where people getting raped wasn't a big deal and actually that's still portrayed now it's like i think i 
They did that in True Blood even, like that television show. There was an episode that aired maybe like just like five years ago, but one of the guys is, he almost gets raped by like a family of like 17 people. He almost gets raped. In a movie? In this, show. in the TV show True Blood. Oh. And then like it shows him the next day and like from then on he's like totally fine. He's not concerned about it. <laughs> It's very weird. It's like really weird that you would still like try and... Whether or not he gets raped in Bad Influence, he gets used. Yeah, yeah. He's, film. he's pretty upset. He's upset with Rob, but like he's not upset with Claire though, which he just really kind of wants to see her again. I mean, yeah, they do the tape thing. Weird. Do they see each other at the art show? Yeah. At the Before party. the tape? Oh, that was when that oh, happened. After the tape yeah. plays, they go to another place where she's at. Then she takes off, and they go rob a bunch of places. They, they oh, okay, yeah, that's right. No, they but, were, like, dancing, and then they kiss. But the like, night that they sleep together is when they were at the art show. Yes, because that is, yeah. yeah. He introduces her to him as Dominic, and he's doing his French accent. Yeah. And then back at the house that night, he's she's like, oh, I know it's a fake accent. And I was like, I thought you already knew this guy. Yeah, so did I. It was very confusing. It was weird. Claire is a confusing character. That whole character. thing was really confusing because I thought that Alex and her ended up sleeping together and he taped them. And then it didn't even dawn on me that it was the other guy until <laughs> he came out like he had woken up. I just realized how, because you know, Claire, it's like there's no clarity at all. It's like that's the director's big thing. It's like Claire's, Whoa, Claire's caught, not clear at all. I it's caught like, that oh, joke. What's up? <laughs> I just understood. What I just understood how well written this movie was just now. Eric, what if they named this movie "Claire Is Not Clear"? Oh. <laughs> it would have been hard to get people to the theaters. My joke is bad. Claire's not clear. clear. And whereas Rob Lowe is a bad influence. <laughs> um. Yeah. So again, I thought that if I watched it again, I would know why Alex was doing what he was doing and why, like, why. Natasha walked into the living room with ice cream. <laughs> She's very suggestive, little. Um, we talked about it earlier. Okay, so let's do a fun game right now. Let's really let's all go around in the Free circle association. and say what we think, what kind of person Alex is, like what he was trying to do in this movie. So, because when you first meet Alex, it's in a bar, and he stops somebody from beating up the main character by like smashing a bottle and like threatening this thug. So the thug is threatening a girl who Alex buy, or Michael buys a drink. Thug proceeds to threaten Michael. And I kind of thought maybe the thug was like the pimp of the woman that Michael bought a drink mm-hmm. or something like that. So I thought Alex had connections with the criminal underworld element of this You assumed universe. so much about this movie. I just, as soon as, like, <laughs> I saw somebody threatening somebody who I thought might be established criminal in the area, like, I was like, okay, maybe he's, like, maybe this guy's deal is that he's uh, some sort of criminal overlord. That's not like, and, that at all. But, but it seemed like by the end of that interaction, he was just a random passerby who broke a bottle. I figured the girl was like someone who liked to start trouble because she was like, oh, not again. Like, okay, you know your boyfriend likes to start fights with dudes when they buy you drinks in bars. Yeah, and she left. was like, she even told him, she's like, this guy I just bought, bought me a drink. drink. She just and gets it's turned like, on. Like, like, you bitch. Yeah, I was like, why would you say that? Like, I Thanks don't even say that. And my boyfriend's not jealous. So I would just be like, mm. Free drinks, whatever. Just don't say anything. Shh. I have a tab. Here. <laughs> I have a tab here. Is perfectly acceptable. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just bought a I have a tab here. Yeah. So I don't know why she had to throw some random dude into the mix. She didn't even know that. That guy. really is where I like started to think he had some kind of thing, and then you you run into him again, just completely randomly, and he says he's not from around there, and it's like, so for me to say now what I think his deal is, like my theory is, I wasn't allowed to draw a conclusion because of all the conflicting information, so I either have to say he's a drifter con man like there's obviously a lot of con man stuff going on mm-hmm. but like i fake don't names and stuff but mm-hmm. a good con man doesn't leave a bunch of buttons. but like a social con man yeah <laughs> obviously he's got some sort of in somewhere because he keeps taking michael to all these crazy expensive parties mm-hmm. and he's conned at least one person there somehow and super cool bars like yeah the right? weird bar at the end i was like Oh, I would go to that bar. There were a lot of cool bars. Yeah, yeah the, there were some cool bars. With the, the halogen light dancers. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Now, I don't know if it was just the audio of the movie I was, of the Did you watch YouTube. the YouTube version? Yeah. <laughs> it was on Hulu. I, I'll watch it again Sorry. on Hulu, because that scene had a bunch of really trippy, like, cutting out of the audio, but then the, my, audio, my audio cut out entirely, and I was like, oh... I think this was just lagging, but I was letting it go because it was like there was all this like really expressionist stuff going on, and I was like, "Is the audio cuts out of the movie?" Yeah, artistic for a couple. Yeah, right. Yeah, but the scene involves the main character's brother, who's a paranoid stoner, and I thought Mm -hmm. they were trying to like take you into his like he's really focused and everything's (laughs) just like oh man, it's like I couldn't even hear the music anymore, man. Yeah, (laughs) and then I couldn't hear anything, and I refreshed the video. So that's Alex for you. Yes, Alex for me And is, why he did the, what he he's did. He's an enigma who's like in the story to supposedly help the main character get over some stuff, but maybe the main character should have gotten over himself. <laughs> I don't know. Alex was really confusing. Because he came into the picture and he seemed like a nice guy. He stopped the fight. He's like, oh, cool. Because he would have got his ass kicked. But after that, he was just a bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's like, I don't know. It went from like bad influence to psycho. It would have made better sense if he would have actually, like, pushed him into not marrying that girl instead of, like, showing her entire family his sex tape. Because that tape could have made, been made any time. Like, they didn't specify, you know. He doesn't exactly try to be like, he doesn't try this to is my defend friend it. from college that yeah. was in college. Yeah, like, he doesn't try to defend it, really, which is, I don't know, seemed like a normal thing to do. But he didn't want to marry that girl either so it worked in his favor because he takes the cowardly way out there when he's supposed to be learning not to be a coward Coward? so I'm like Rob Lowe just did the he just Alex you flipped it you flipped it you were supposed to teach the guy yeah yeah and then the whole robbing stores thing like what part of him wanted to rob stores or like what was that and he just seemed really like a hamburger joint why a hamburger joint what's the significance well, he took the money, but I think he just wanted to scare that guy. Oh, he did want to scare that guy. And take the money, the too. gun in his mouth. I can understand Rob Lowe's character. He is reminding me of two different personality types that I see in movies and shows sometimes, but I don't know which one he's supposed to be, which is why I'm so confused. I, I'm annoyed with myself that I can't pinpoint anything about this character, and maybe it's because it's a badly, maybe it's badly written. Or maybe the point was to somehow we're just never supposed to know, which I think, I feel like that's a bad thing. Like, aren't Throwing we? Throwing a lot of maybes around. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's bad writing. <laughs> um, maybe so, we didn't understand. <laughs> so I feel like Alex, he's just wandering around. Like, obviously he has like an amoral personality. He is 
crazy. He's a sociopath. He has no empathy. But like, I feel like he fits into one of two possible categories. One being he's either the type of person that's just like wandering around, seeing everyone as like, you know, no one thinks the way I do, but he wants to find someone that he can push the boundaries of like, hey, will you let me do this? Do you want to do this with me? Do you want to do this crazy thing and see how far they can go? Because he wants to meet someone that he can be around Mm. and hang out with. Kind of like, um... That's like him. Kind of like Hannibal Lecter from the television series Hannibal. Or like, um, the interview with the vampire. Lestat. Just someone that he can be around that's like him. Oh, that makes sense. And James Spader didn't make the cut. So then he got really pissed off. And because he has no... Because he's crazy, he's just like, well, now... You know, this is what I like to do for fun. This is who I am. So I'm I'm going to kill you, basically, and your yeah. brother, because that's what I do. Or it's either that or it's just that he likes to go around and this is what he does. Like, he finds people like Michael and this is what he does. He just walks around and he – the whole thing was a setup. Like, he – saved Alex at the bar, even though, and it, or not Alex, but Michael at the bar, even though that would have to mean that he ran into Michael again at the pier on purpose. Mm-hmm. Because if that were true, then he wouldn't have randomly stopped a bar fight from happening. So... Oh, I thought he ran into him on purpose. At the pier? Okay, yeah. well then that fits into the scenario too, which is he gains people's trust in order to fuck up their life and that's just what he does so he saved him at the bar then he was at the right place at the right time for him them to bump into each other naturally quote unquote yeah and then the whole thing is just a game um but i do like your theory because he got so pissed when michael kicked him out and was like all right this needs to be done but in scenario two he's getting pissed fake pissed because he wanted that the whole time oh okay and that's why there's two different ways that you can look at it i guess that's where it would have made more sense to me if he was part of a crime ring where he wants to get some get another hitman or like kind of groom michael to be some sort of criminal oh eric that sounds like fan fiction but all he does is groom him to be (laughs) a guy who's gonna kill Alex, like, yeah, I need to groom someone who's gonna kill me because I fuck up their life so bad. Well, this seems like a good plan. The night where they were like robbing places, I mean, that could be him just seeing if Michael's like really into that kind of stuff so they can start doing like all this crime together. But we never saw Alex doing any like, like, that was the crime that we saw. And he was wearing a mask. Michael was. That's what I'm saying. Alex didn't put that mask on him. That's the only one who could have that's a dumb, that's a stupid mask. Video evidence. I don't like. The it's rabbit. A mask. Oh, the rabbit was creepy. I was just like, ugh, you're killing the mood. Oh, that was funny because <laughs> especially noise. because that song was like so like sexy and cool, and then mm-hmm. he's wearing this like dumb rabbit thing, making all those dumb noises. That's just really disappointing. Oh. <laughs> you liked it? Yeah. That's fine. It was hard to say like what his long term goals were, and maybe he doesn't have any. Maybe he's one of those live in the moment, literally just let that voice tell you to do whatever you think you should do next. And that's why a lot of it was sort of chaotic. Yeah. It's awfully well planned for some chaos. I mean, he drove yeah. all the way I was just about to say, to like, it's well planned yeah. chaos. Put a box out there. He's like, okay, that took me an hour to get out here. I put the box. So when I call him, he's going to go out there. That means I have two hours to go kill this lady, <laughs> make this yeah. film, and then wait on these stairs. <laughs> <laughs> wait on these stairs. <laughs> 
So that's the other thing where it's either bad writing or he's really that It's not crazy. bad writing. It's not bad writing. Come on. Oh, what is it really? Wow. <laughs> well, because later on that night when Pismo gets involved and they're all like chasing each other around and like trying to blow up each other's cars. Rob Lowe has this interaction with Pismo where he's trying to like shoot him on a like outside of the apartment and stuff like that. And then it shows Rob Lowe having an orgy. That must have been like 20 minutes later. Oh, yeah. Like, when they're yeah. at the bar, yeah. How did they even know but that was, there? it was Pismo at the bar with like the strobe light or the yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, he was getting the bar. Halogen light. getting the beer glass. And then they had this big long shootout with like guns and stuff and chasing each other and trying to kill each other. And then the last thing Rob Lowe does is he wires Michael's car to get blown up. But then he meets back up with, I think those were even different women. I can't no, remember. No, they're the same women. Because he okay, eyed that blonde woman from the bar. And then it was that same girl he was with. And they were all like. So then they were having an orgy. And then. As you do. Well, and then at that point, like, Michael, like, breaks in. And their their fight ensues again. But, like, it was not that long. No, because. He's so crazy that he did all of that. Like, he basically. I mean, he didn't wire Pismo's car unless he thought. For sure that they both would get into that car and like go chase them together. Well, yeah, because Pismo was suspended over. Oh my god! Oh, really? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> so before they go to the wire, the hot wired car, James Spader turns around to his brother and he goes, "Go to bed." And he's like holding a gun and he's like, "It's like you were almost just shot and like was running for your life from this guy that I'm gonna go kill." You go to bed though, because go just go You've to had bed. A long day. Like go try and get some sleep. It's probably like nine thirty by now, <laughs> and then like Rob Lowe's like having an orgy at this point yeah. in time. It's just like such a weird. I feel like the end of the film is kind of jumbled, and I actually didn't enjoy it as much as the first half. Yeah, so I, guess I think the, it's kind of boring. The main character in this movie, by the end of the movie, I don't think has changed that much. Like I think he's doing less for other people but he's still kind of doing stuff for other people. Whereas I actually thought his brother came the biggest leap and was like way yeah. more like courageous and like trying to help out. He got out of his being, apartment. Just trying to yeah. be a stoner, you know. It's hard to be a stoner. You really got to try. But I digress. <laughs> uh, I thought him doing like the filming and not wimping out, I, I was like, yeah, go Pismo. You're the real hero of this story all along. So really, um, Alex helped Michael and his brother. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> He saved uh, Michael's fiance from a loveless marriage. So oh, yeah. Really, he do that. Is he the villain or an angel? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also killed that woman for no reason. So It turns out Claire was an art smuggler who stole paintings that were stolen from the Jews and sold them back to white supremacists. Okay. So, so she yeah, it was deep. It was, that art scene had a lot going on. Yeah. I just remember. I made that up. That's fantastic. I just remembered <laughs> something that was happening during the beginning credits of the film, which is something you never really pay attention to. But the woman that he wakes up with and then he leaves and he never sees her again, he's looking at pictures of them together where he, where they were at a shooting range together. So at first I was thinking a rather sexist thought, which is like, oh, he went to this girl and like taught her how to shoot. But like, it doesn't say that she like disappointed him in any way, but he's like leaving but then, actually, as I was about to say this, I was like, well, maybe she taught him how to shoot. She's the bad influence. I don't know. And then now he's like a crazy person. But 
Either way, the only other thing that we learn about Alex is that at the very beginning of the movie, he's jumping from this woman over to Michael's life now. And the only thing we knew about her was that they were sleeping together and they went to a shooting range. And we know that Alex knows how to use a gun. That's it. But again, it's like so vague. And this isn't a horror film with like a monster where it's like, oh, the less you know, the better. It's like a mystery thriller or psychological thriller where we needed to know a little bit more. Because this movie is about like people and like characters. Oh, I mean, the writing was really And like good. what's going on. We just needed a little more. Are you being sarcastic? No, we just needed more writing is all I'm saying. Okay, because you keep saying things <laughs> and I don't know if you're being sarcastic. Me neither. I'm like, sure. It usually has to do with like I'm being saying this movie is good. <laughs> Which I do, I really like this movie. I just think it has problems. It has yeah. 90s problems. It has 90s problems. I wish there was some background on this character. Yeah. How would you develop this character? I don't know. From thin air. Very thinly. Um, I feel like Alex is different from most of the villains that we've done so far. I think we've most, for the most part, unless I'm missing something, we do villains where we already know what we're getting into. Like, they're already fully their character when we meet them. And with, with Alex, it's like, he's this way and then escalates a little bit. And then he kills someone. Which is weird because I keep forgetting that he commits murder in this film. Like, I, for some reason, feel like the big grand finale was like when he robs the liquor store or whatever it is and that's not the case at all like he tries to kill everyone at the end and it's very abrupt and then when he kills claire or like when he keeps doing things he's just he keeps telling michael like remember michael you asked for this or you you asked me to do this for you yeah see that reminded me of the first season of the new fargo with billy bob thornton interesting and it's sort of a but he did ask him to do that but it's sort of that thing where the the main character doesn't implicitly say that's what they want, but that's what they get without giving too much away. Um, but I just, you never really find out where it comes from. Like, you're not sure if he's a killer until he kills somebody. So yeah, it escalates and you're not sure if this is like his usual thing. Like he picks a mark, does all this crazy stuff, and then somehow does enough to get away with it and nobody's like, any of the wiser because you never really find out if he's done this sort of thing before they don't dig it's impossible to in dig. bad influence yeah. in bad influence you yeah. don't know if he's ever killed anyone before yeah i mean unless he's just that crazy that when he kills someone for the far- first time that's how he goes about it and that's his and that's how he carries himself after doing something like that that would mean implied. he's way crazier than i thought i just thought it was implied when they we're trying to... Well, when he killed the girl. That he's done that before? Yeah, because it was so easy for him. And then... I agree. When they were trying... When the brother wanted to get his fingerprints... Because the brother was always really, like, suspicious of him. Like, the first time they met. And he was like, oh, I need to see my brother. And Alex was like, he's busy. And, like, closes the door. Like, mm, this guy. It's not a good guy. I'm helping Michael. It's like, you're a bit of a cult. A bit <laughs> of a culty talk to you. Oh, yeah. uh, when he answers the door... And yeah. Pismo's like, is my brother here? Wait, who are you? And he's like, I'm helping Michael. <laughs> so He has a lot of creepy funny. lines and then creepy actions too. But yeah, again, you never really know where they're coming from. He's just a bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to keep saying that, aren't you? It's, 
<laughs> they didn't title drop it, so I will. Did you guys think it was weird that the bartender at that club, like where he was living, the bartender says that uh, that Alex has known his brother for like forever. He worked. They enlisted in the Navy yeah. with his brother. Yeah. And so he's known Alex forever. Like forever. You know, yeah. they were like buddies. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I thought that was really weird. I figured I mean, he was bullshitting and like assuming someone else's identity and exploiting like something he learned about that guy's brother. Like the guy, he just went up and was like, hey, I know your brother. Yeah, I think yeah. it was an exploitation thing, but again. That would make way more sense than him actually like hanging around in that area and not getting busted for his actions before this. Because it's like, yeah, he's a drifter, but like how does he have friends for a long time? And that's why the bartender wasn't the brother. That's why he says he knows my brother. Yeah. Yeah, I know so, so I felt much more about like this movie now. A con man more than a psycho, but in the course of events, he's definitely a wedding crasher. Yeah, he like loses control of the situation and becomes or he wedding crashed yeah. that bar. He did, and lives there. Because that makes sense. It does. No, it to- it makes more sense than what I was assuming that that it was. I'm gonna figure this movie out piece by piece because this is not the last time I'm gonna watch this film for sure, and I'm gonna buy it. I wanted to see if there was a riff tracks of this because I feel Aww. it was it's good material for I don't it think it's, it's that bad. Not very well known, but you know, it's cheesy and like has a lot of open space for that kind of mystery science theater treatment. There should be a riff tracks for a film called Jack's Back, which I did watch on YouTube, which it's a James Spader film and he plays the villain and it was so boring. It was like a sexy bad 90s i'm assuming it was like between 88 to 93 that should be a a the same time span is bad influence yeah he wears like a leather jacket and it's not good i don't remember anything about that movie except for james spader looked really great james spader looked like a good guy (laughs) until he aged a bit that's why i say like he's less round because i remember i first saw james spader in stargate where he's a scientist and like that is such a weird role for him. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's just sort of... He's the action hero in a sci-fi film? Mm-hmm. It's like the intelligence hero in a action film. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Gets a little wrapped up in the action, that's I suppose. That's fair. You got Kurt yeah. Russell. You're good on action stars, you know? I know him from Pretty in Pink, I think, originally. Oh, and Pretty in Pink was kind of interesting. The other thing uh, I've noticed about, at least with people online... People approach this film because of James Spader, which is the reason why I went to it. I I just... This movie raised a lot of questions, you know. That never got answered. So I've been putting pieces together with what I was seeing. Um, There was... I knew this going in. When I suggested the film, I knew there wasn't going to be a lot of information on the movie online. I knew there wasn't going to be a lot of people talking about the movie online. So I really really hit those um, comment sections hard on articles and YouTube clips and things like that. And um, I've come to the conclusion that um, millennials really could give a fuck about Rob Lowe unless it's uh, Parks and Recreation related. I mean, I think they really like him as an actor, but as far as like, as far as Tumblr blogs 
kind of like dedicated to Rob Lowe with like hearts all over the screen. There's no such thing. But uh, James Spader, however, I think he has a fan base that's like rampant as ever. I am just looking at the comments on YouTube of the full movie that I watched. Okay. There's a character in the movie who I was also like, I swear I recognize that guy. David Duchovny? No, it's the oh. guy who played Q from Star oh, Trek. Oh, yeah, he's the boss. I was like, who, how do I... Him and also Patterson, the guy they beat up. Yeah. I was like, I swear who, I know that Patterson? guy. I don't remember who he is. I have to actually look him up. I didn't look at the comments underneath the movie itself. Oh, I thought the so. guy who played Patterson plays the Silver Fox in Mad Men, whose name I am blanking on, but mm -hmm. that is not the same guy. That guy well, is a already had white hair at this point. What else are they saying? Because I didn't even think... I saw that the movie was on YouTube, but I didn't think about looking at the comments for that. Uh, so the YouTube comments... I think your diner's club card is over the limit. <laughs> Adios, Mick. LMAO. <laughs> same, same feels. Same feels. That was funny. Um, it's great when Rob's character is having his threesome towards the end of this film. That was redeemable for Baby Mammoth 34. That was worth the comment. <laughs> One of my Wait, we should be saying their names since we're saying what they're saying. Um, yes, the Diners Club card was from M. Zach. Um, one of my favorite movies as a young adult from Leon Shaw. I got so much of that. Formative years. Everywhere I looked, people were like, I loved that movie when it came out. I loved watching that on VHS. My sister has that on VHS. Or I haven't seen it since 1990, but I loved it so much. I feel like when it came out, it was... It was it was highly regarded at the time, and yeah. now we're kind of like, eh. It's all right. But I think people took it seriously when yeah. it came out. Yeah, um, Baby Mammoth 34 has the top comments on this. Which is? One was the thing about Rob's character having a threesome is great, and then he also posts, originally it was planned for James to play Alex, James Spader, but later they decided to try Rob as Alex. What? And everyone agreed after seeing him perform the part that he should play it for real. Very pleased about that as low was brilliant as the antagonist here so it made a lot more sense for spader to play michael i read on imdb like not that that's like the end all be all of like facts or anything but that can't be that james spader was originally going to play alex and that rob Lowe was originally going to play michael that seems a little far-fetched i think they were I, searching for a michael and they one of those has to be wrong i think they had spader locked in and then they were like, well, he's going to play Michael or Alex. Like, we think he's good Alex. Yeah. And they tried Rob Lowe for whatever reason. Hmm. He has an agent. I wish I knew because they said who they were considering for Alex. But I wonder who they wanted besides James Spader, if anyone. Edward Norton. I'm just kidding. That would be cool. <laughs> 1990. Would be really cool. 19... How old was Ed Norton? Well, I don't think he was around in 1990. Enough to be like the main character in a film he did the same thing in fight club we've already discussed <laughs> i know i i picked a name out of a hat and it's from my own memory <laughs> of an hour ago tim robbins that's who they wanted but... no i want tim robbins to play prismo have you seen tape heads no Ta mm. dude i think that's on netflix right now or hulu again but tape heads is john cusack and tim robbins i do love and john cusack super 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 80s it's like throw up 80s they do like um Has John Cusack ever done a villain? I mean, when he's the main character in even in like Gross Point Blank, like he's kind of a villain. I, don't I wish know. we could do John Cusack. I'm gonna try to work him in here somehow. I don't know. He'd be a good villain. He'd be awesome. He yeah. must have played a villain somewhere along the line. He's even just... in a comedy, maybe. Alright, what else? 
Yeah, everybody likes James Spader. YouTube, Tumblr, Reddit, wherever you go. It's mostly James Spader is the gateway drug into bad influence nowadays. Mm. Interestingly, not Rob Lowe. Yeah. I feel like people are more inclined to catch up with James Spader's filmography. And I mean, but they both do a ton of stuff. It's just people just love James Spader. I mean, I don't know what it is necessarily. I mean, I, I like him because I think... He, like, I'm attracted to him, and he's a good actor, and he's interesting. He's, like, not like a lot of other people. But, like, neither is Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe looks interesting, and he... Maybe it's just the movies that they've done. Maybe it's just their filmography and uh, televisionography. Is that a is there a better term for that? I suppose your television credits are in your filmography. Mm. So, a lot of... Especially, in like, reviews and stuff, when they really go into detail... People were using so many philosopher and philosophy references when they're describing this film. And I wasn't about to list all of them, but everyone was picking out a different like um, like modern philosopher or like classic philosopher and being like, that's what this movie represents. Or, or Alex is so much of like this so field of... Kierkegaardian philo- strife yeah. versus Nietzsche. Nietzscheism yeah. and nihilism. Like. I mean, it was stuff like that, but it's like... Why is everyone picking different fields of philosophy or different philosophers? Because they were all shown this movie in different college <laughs> philosophy classes. I guess so. <laughs> Alex represents the id. And Michael is the ego. Cain and Abel. Um, Cain and Abel are not id e- e- and ego, are they? I mean, Well, no, but it's like... <laughs> God doesn't exist. We're all, right? We're all on the same page there, right? <laughs> Let's talk about religion now. This is our new podcast. <laughs> Religion and film. That's probably a podcast. Super hot bad deity. Deity? <laughs> that's going to be one of the huge controversies on this podcast. Deity or deity? Um, deity. One thing I noticed... Um, it's deity. It's deity. In all the, in all the um, like website and like forums that I was in, there was an AV Club article uh, for this film. And remember that hive mind thing I was talking about last podcast where... It's like you see one person do one thing in a closed environment, so then everybody's doing it. And if it was otherwise, like, no one would be doing the thing because no one saw the thing happen. So this AV club comment section, one person is like, oh, I remember Bad Influence. It was such a sleazy movie. And then the next person's like, yeah, it was just a really seedy like blah blah blah. And they're describing the film as like off-putting and nasty. And I'm like, First of all, it all happened to be people that have not seen the film since around the time it came out. But it was just funny to me that nowhere else online did I see people describing the movie as like sleazy and off-putting and nasty, like really bad, except for this one comment section. (laughs) It was odd because it's all bad behavior, but some of the more seedy things, like there was no cocaine use, which I thought was interesting for a late, like... Instantly, yeah, there was no drug use in the movie. If you want to establish a villain, and like, now this is where I was like, okay, obviously, he, maybe he's not a criminal mastermind because there's no like drug dealing or like drug involvement. I think really like seedy scene setting, like there's usually some kind of drug deal. And like, the only person who drug does drugs in the movie is the main character's brother who smokes pot. Oh, there like, is drug use in the he's movie, the yeah. Good guy. And it's done by like a the hero. And you see a bomb getting ripped. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. I feel like that should have been contrasted with Rob Lowe and 
James Spader doing coke at a crazy party that's like, oh, this is a really seedy party. Like, whether it's rich people or not, like, someone bought really illegal drugs. But I don't know why they didn't do that either, because this was a time period where that's what was going on at those kinds of parties. And maybe they just didn't want Rob Lowe. It's like, oh, he's just a cokehead. They wanted you to be like, no, he's actually fucked up. I'm actually glad that there was no drugs like in between like Alex and Michael at least because I like especially in Washington state me seeing the brother that's like the reluctant hero me seeing him like just being like a loser and a stoner like that doesn't affect me that much I don't see that as being like negative or evil I mean technically it's it's negative because you can see how that character in particular his life kind of sucks because he's like taking money from his brother and his apartment's all messy and he's just kind of like on the spectrum a little bit. Doesn't have a long drive. Yeah. And in the movie, it's like, yeah, the drugs are a part of that. But it wasn't like, if I had seen Alex doing cocaine, then I would have seen that completely different than Pismo doing like a bong rep. <laughs> oh my God, is your dog in your little blanket that you're wearing? What are these called? A shawl? A shawl. Yeah. A shawl. He <laughs> just fucked his nose. It's a living blanket. Um, okay, so I basically just um, have notes on like, there was a, a really crazy Australian interview that Rob Lowe did um, for marketing for this film. And it was like really 1990, like very like across the water from us. Cause like the- That's a really- far-reaching press tour well the lady she was like it's she has like short blonde it's on youtube she has like heavy makeup on and short blonde hair and she makes this like really bad joke that you know was written by like some guy for like for the thing but she says something like we caught Rob Lowe, blah, 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 like after a late night partying and he cleans up pretty good or something but way way worse and then it, like, cuts to the interview, which was, like, completely separate from, like, her introducing it. But anyway, so he didn't say that much. He just said, uh, from Rob Lowe's mouth, um, Alex is a product of ill will that lives in every... Oh, can you can imagine him, like, saying this? He's like, he, it's an ill will that lives in everyone. That's what Alex represents. He's a symbol of that. It's a super deep movie. And then, and then he threw out, like... Words like greed, hypocrisy, snap judgments. And he said that Alex is being honest, but he just kind of freaks out when um, Michael condemns his actions. So like most actors that play villainous roles, they empathize with their villain character that they're playing. And so Rob Lowe is just saying like, you know, Alex lives in everyone <laughs> and he's just a manifestation of all of us. Aren't we all just Alex? <laughs> um, and or then. Michael. An interesting thing that that I'm I'm kind of putting everything together between what Rob Lowe says in this interview and what I saw across like all message boards and comment sections again is Rob Lowe says that um, Alex manipulates people and it's his form of sex. So we see Rob Lowe sleep with women in the film, but I saw even on Letterboxd in in like current reviews like because people are watching the movie because it's on. Um, Hulu and YouTube. Natasha, are you sleeping? I'm so tired. Sorry. I totally dozed off. 
Oh my god. That's a podcast first. <laughs> Natasha fell asleep. I will fall asleep anywhere. I don't know what it is with my You're brain. You're like Elijah Wood. Like, it will shut down. <laughs> We're gonna have to have you in what? the middle next time. We'll just elbow you with our elbows. Um, We're very bony. Perfect. So most people's comments around the film are they're either saying if bad influence was made today, then Alex and Michael would have slept together, or they would have had... I got that vibe. Yeah, Yeah. or they would have had Alex be bisexual like he probably was in the movie, and all of these things, or people are just like, oh, ho, ho, this movie's so gay. But, like, they mean, they're not, like, insulting it. They're like, this is, like, actually really gay. Um, And I read that everywhere, and at first I was like, people say that about movies all the time, but then I saw... Rob Lowe described the movie that way and he was being serious when he said it like it's his form of sex like this is what he does and we see him sleep with women in the film he sleeps with like three women but like when I watched the movie the second time it's like he's doing weird things like that's a creepy friend if you ever like met someone and they're just like they're just like what do you want in the middle of the night just like weird things like that and then also I really felt like because I'm trying to get more into um, understanding subliminal like themes in movies. Because I took a film class where you were you were trying to see like themes and stuff. Okay, and I've never yeah. been that type of person. Like, oh, labyrinth is about a sexual awakening or like being a like virginity or something oh, yeah. stuff like that. So I'm watching Bad Influence for the second time, and it seemed like the night when they rob the liquor store and stuff. It's like, that's the climax of their relationship. That's like the night before everything goes to pieces. Yeah. And it seems like, like, obviously, Michael has had a lot to drink that night. And Alex knows that. But they're having so much fun. And that's really the only time in the movie where Alex doesn't seem to be, like, pretending, like, with, like, gritted teeth to, like, be nice to people. And I think that that night is what Alex is wanting out of someone to, like, go out and, like, basically hurt other people and, like, do really awful things. And they're both having a really great time. And it even has this, like, crazy, like, cool song that I really want on my Spotify playlist. I feel like that's them having sex, but, like, metaphorically. And then, because the next day, it's, like... Uh, Michael wakes up and Alex is like, mm, can I stay over? And Ale- and Michael is like, um, I'm going to work. And then he leaves and then he comes back and he's like, I'm really upset. And then that's when mm-hmm. Alex totally flips out and yeah. starts fucking everything up. So you can really easily think of that as like they sleep together, quote unquote. And then the next day... Michael's like, I didn't like that. I don't want to see you anymore. I'm really upset. And then that's when, like, everything falls to pieces. So usually when people watch movies where it's not really apparent or nothing actually happens in films, then it's like it's like a bunch of straight teenage girls that are, like, just thinking inappropriate things about movies. But in this case, I think that there's a lot of validity to that. And there was a lot of – there's a lot of, like, actual, like, film critics – And people that write, like, articles and things like that where they basically say that that's what this movie is. And I I tried to get a hold of the script for the film. Like, you had to pay for it. I'm not about to pay 
<laughs> any money yeah. for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I wanted to know why the directors picked Rob Lowe for Alex. I wanted to know what they were trying to make Alex. I wanted to know if this movie was supposed to be taken in a sexual way like most people see it. Um, yeah, but I still have a lot of questions. Eric, you finished this movie and then drove here. So it's like, it's not like... It's pretty fresh. <laughs> but actually, you helped... You you picked up on things just watching it that I wasn't able to pick up on. So that's cool. My last question on this movie, which I don't know if I figured out yet, but you've touched on a little bit there, is what do you think is the moral of this movie? The moral of this mm. movie? What is the moral of the story? No new friends. No new friends. <laughs> Fucking friends are bad. Um, um, don't, don't ever know. try it's, anything new. I think they have a backbone. Yeah, actually. This guy, which kind of makes Alex the hero. Yeah, like, I mean, kind of stand up for yourself a little bit. like Because if you can already stand up for yourself the way Alex was teaching Michael, then you could stand up to someone like Alex. <laughs> you know, exactly. would have gotten involved. Yeah, he yeah. the movie would have been like 20 minutes long, if that. <laughs> Yeah, so we have to learn to stand up to people. But he had, like, no spine from the beginning. He was sitting there with his fiance. He should be happy to see her at his office. And he's just, like, mm, she was weird, stressed though. out, all weird. And that's because he didn't have a backbone. Like, you should have dated this girl for maybe two weeks. <laughs> what did you I think was you? the moral of the story? Oh, I'm sorry. What she said. Oh, <laughs> same conclusion? Yeah. Because it does make a lot of sense to me, and I was going to say I there is no moral, but really that... all the morals that I came to at the end, I was just like, uh, you should uh, have a backbone, except it's gonna ruin you. So maybe just keep just <laughs> doing everything for other people. I don't know. <laughs> keep doing everything don't watch for this other movie. people. <laughs> don't watch this movie. The moral of the story is bad influence. I think this is like kind of a bad movie now, but it's still so fun to see 1990 in LA. There's mm-hmm. like palm trees, and it's like a neo-noir film. It's like a noir, film noir. Oh, I know the moral. It's all kind the moral of shadowy. is the tar pits aren't as good of a place to hide a body. Yeah, that was, a, that was a joke. I didn't come up ahead or behind, morally. By the end of the movie, I was just still me, just like the main character in my opinion. <laughs> I think I was still me, too. We're on I definitely factor. wouldn't have done half the shit that he did. No. Yeah. Yeah, there's. I would have stopped way beforehand. Pretty much at the bar when he saved me from getting beat up, I would have been like, "Thanks, dude." I don't have a high tolerance <laughs> for friends like shenanigans, and so I guess Michael does. Like, uh, he's a pushover, right? Yeah. So obviously, he was in a place where any friend he would make, he would just let them kind of be a terrible person. Obviously, to an yeah. extent, and let him pretty much just like toe that line especially before his engagement got pretty much demolished hey you know what's interesting we were having that huge discussion earlier about whether or not michael was awake to sleep with claire but then later on in the film he's blackout drunk because he doesn't remember whether or not he beat up his co-worker yeah and he doesn't remember robbing the stores yeah, yeah. he was under the influence of alcohol yeah because bad influence bad <laughs> I kept thinking that he got drugged. Like, Alex kept drugging him. I thought that they both got drugged because, like, they walk into the house. They both got drugged? They're passed out on the couch, and Alex is watching both of them sleep, and then she wakes up, and I was like, oh, she wasn't drugged, I guess, when they make the video. Well, it's just weird cuts, especially that that whole night was was weird cuts, because then they're 
they're like having fun. Oh my God. And then they walk in and he's like, do you guys want an espresso? <laughs> that was so 90s. It was super 90s. Espresso. And everybody's Fuck like, you. no. It's called a latte. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what kind of food would he be? Wait. Is he sexy? I think we all agree oh, that Rob oh, I'm sorry. sexy. Yeah. I don't even know if that, I think that doesn't even yeah. be asked. It's just insulting. To I'm going to say no. The character of Alex, is he sexy? No. Yeah. Alex is He was more confusing than anything. I mean, his clothes. And not sexually confusing. Just, yeah. confusing. just confusing. His clothes yeah. and his personality. I'm going to say no. I did not find him attractive at all in the movie, but I think he's crazy hot right now. Yeah, he's hot in Parks and Rec (laughs) and his other television roles. Yeah, but back then, no. But like Alex, though. Alex, not really. Okay. And Eric, you said no. He came off as like a little pretentious. Like everything he did, he was out that girl. Oh my gosh, especially, like I don't know, like what was he whispering to those girls? Because like it wouldn't work on me. No. To the girls at the bar, I don't even know, like, because... Michael just tries to buy them a drink. He must have. Oh my god, I would have gone home with Michael so fast. I don't care what See, he would have said. See, this is where I thought he was going to offer those girls <laughs> cocaine. Like, I was like, yeah. for sure, cocaine's yeah. coming into this. Like, he has something else that like, he's He had the jacket boy. for it. But yeah. nope, he just has something. A yeah. certain je ne sais quoi, Michelle. Yeah. I guess. Alright, and then, okay, food. 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 A question mark? Can you eat a question mark? <laughs> no, I'm just. I gotta think of a confusing. A it's a cake in the shape food. of a question mark. <laughs> What's a confusing? He's like food? pubic hair that you get in your mouth. Sea urchin. Wait, no. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> the pufferfish. No, no, no. We already. I was just making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> what are those eggs that are black and they like are in the ground forever? Oh, <laughs> they're the like seventy years old. <laughs> the fermented eggs or something, and they turn green because they because it's gross. Oh, they're like a what's that? Stop! Thing? You did it for another podcast. Remember? Wait, I don't remember who it was for though. Oh, the seventy year year old egg. Yeah. No, I wasn't thinking about that. That reminded me of the egg where the bird is inside of it and you eat the bird. Oh, oh. We did this for another podcast. No, no, that was the bird where you cover your head and you eat it after it gets drowned in wine. You're talking about fermented eggs, which you just get fried up inside. Yeah, we talked about both of them. Did we? Yes. No, no, no. Yes, we did. I'm talking about the egg. It's like super... It's super popular in Oh, I guess she's countries. right. We didn't talk about a yeah. bird that you eat inside of an yeah, egg. Yeah, it's like this already been, yeah. it's already been like <laughs> growing in the egg and you- And you just I eat a I baby mean bird. And you basically egg. eat the already fertilized egg. Mm, the crunchy chick. That's not really yeah. Alex though. No. My it's joke, just a confusing food to me. I don't understand joke, how that's a good thing to eat. My joke failed. I'm sorry. He is a- He's like pubic hair. It's like it ends up in your mouth and you don't know why. Yeah, like, and you're that's like, very confusing. Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like pubic hair, you wake up in the morning, you're like, <laughs> no, I don't know what I said last night, but not now. Yeah. Or like you never even know how it got there. Yeah. I'm going to say it's more like a bubble tea. Like a, it's like a texture. <laughs> you don't expect solid things in your mouth, but they're not really solid. It's just very confusing in general. Not sure if it's healthy. Not sure if it's particularly tasty. Like just kinda... I'll take bubble tea because I hate bubble tea. And I, I don't like Alex, so... Bubble tea. I like it, but it confuses me. 
That's so cute. You got your bubble tea. You got your pubic hair in your mouth. He's like, uh, tapioca. I don't understand why people like it. Same. People eat it. It's kind of I hate tapioca. <laughs> not. Yeah. I do not understand what is so good about tapioca. All right, that's perfect because in the movie everybody seems to really like Alex, but we don't know why. Yeah. Just like tapioca. Is this tapioca pudding or just tapioca in general? Tapioca pudding. The very. There's toxic. so many other yeah. better puddings out there. Tapioca. I'd rather have butterscotch pudding. Old people pudding. Old people pudding. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> butterscotch pudding. Delicious gum smacking old, old people pudding. pudding. Yeah, they eat those pudding. butterscotch candies all day long and then they get that pudding at night. Who's our next villainess? Oh my god, we don't know. Wait, you said that you had some pretty good ideas coming up in the future, so um, pray tell. <laughs> the host is good. I would like to see the host. I have not the, seen it yet. With, with the, the guy from a... Cor- uh, Korean movie? No. Or um, Japanese or... No, it's American. No, it's a monster? No. It's an astronaut, right? No. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'm getting the name wrong. The guest? It's, no. <gasps> the perfect host? The perfect oh, host. Oh my god. I have been wanting to do this movie secretly for so right. long on this We're podcast. Doing the perfect host is so good. Oh my god. Next week. The perfect <laughs> host is the guy that plays Niles Crane on Frasier. Yeah. Oh my god. And he is weird. Oh my god, I love that movie, this movie so much. so crazy. And there's two twists. I've seen that movie three times. It's good. Oh my god, Eric. I'm so happy I'm right now. We should do a perfect twist. My cheeks start. All right, well. That's what I was thinking of a couple days. I was like, what should the... Oh man, the perfect twist. We should totally do I mean, can't believe you've seen that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. <sighs> All right. I saw it. Well, I, I only really watched it because I was like, Niles? <laughs> He's on the <laughs> cover, right? <laughs> and then and I like really read it good. and I was like, Niles? And then I, <laughs> when I was watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, Niles, what, is, what happened to you? That's a nice house, Niles. <laughs> I know. And then you find out he's, oh man, he's, sort of, he's all sorts of things. Okay. Send us out, Natasha. Please send us your creep corner stories at hotbadpod at gmail.com. Please send us creeper stories, because that would be amazing. <laughs> um, also... You can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud. There's nothing on our Instagram. That's your department, and you've Is never it? done. It. Yes. Oh shit. Okay, I will <laughs> put some stuff on Instagram on no. Tuesday. <laughs> oh my god, this will be our running joke for the next five years. <laughs> She's gonna put something on our Instagram. <laughs> there is stuff on our Instagram. There is stuff on there. There's two posts from our Instagram from our first episode. Oh, I thought it was... And Eric's. y'all put it two things on it. was and then I just didn't have time. It's true. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, my bad. Continue. Well, still, Facebook and iTunes, I And believe. iTunes. Yeah. Please uh, follow us on... Well, yeah, like, download us on iTunes. Yeah. Give follow. us a rating. It helps people find us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is amazing. And we love you. Yeah, and have a great day. Sunday is... Not sunny, but it's not raining. <laughs> Forever Sunday. Anytime you listen to this episode, it's gonna be Sunday, and it's not gonna rain, but it look like it. It'll look like it will. Yeah, the sun came out for five minutes. That was nice. Yeah. Anytime you listen to this episode, the sun will have come out for five minutes, <laughs> and that was nice. <laughs> 
That's the super hot bad guy guarantee. Yeah. That's our promise. Yeah. To you.